Welcome to the Quartering Podcast for Wednesday, the 28th of December. First up, Elon Musk just destroyed Anthony Fauci with bombshell Twitter thread. Elon's on a bit of a, a little bit of a uh, Anthony Fauci warpath. And we know that he doesn't like him. Like, well, probably most of you don't like him as well. There are a lot of things about the man that are suspect. And in my opinion, um, I wouldn't care if he went to jail after I've seen uh, the, the Beagle footage and things of that nature. It turns out at Twitter, let's start with the, with the funny part and then we'll get to the more serious stuff. Elon Musk claims ex-Twitter employees had a literal Fauci fan club Slack channel. Musk tweeted the claim in a thread that was highly critical of Fauci, who was accused by the mogul again of lying about so, so-called research that suggests some suggests have played a role in the spread of the coup. Since taking over, Musk has been eager to show the company's prior management had a left-wing bias that promoted liberal narratives and banned conservative voices. Musk on Tuesday responded to a tweet thread by venture capitalist Mark Andreessen, who posted a meme that accused Fauci of lying. Let's go actually right to the right to the point here. This I think is chat GPT is what it looks like. So he asks, has he ever lied? The thing replies, it is not accurate or fair to say that he lied. The director of blah, 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 had leading expert of this and that has, and a leading expert has ever lied. He is a highly respected scientist and physician who has spent his career working to improve public health. Chat GPT basically got, got woke. Um, <laughs> so he gets in here, first of all, and posts a link to Congress, a congressional document uh, that proves he lied. Right Here's tech and science. Congress.gov says Fauci was, quote, untruthful to Congress about the lab research. New documents appear to show. This was in Newsweek. Documents obtained and released by The Intercept on Tuesday after it launched a Freedom of Information lawsuit. Richard Ebright, Board of Governors Professor of Chemistry and Chemical Biology at Rutgers University and Lab Director, at the Waxman Institute of Microbiology told Newsweek that these documents show unequivocally that Anthony Fauci apparently lied. Well, that's a weird skip there. Unequivocally that NIH, Fauci, the director of that, blah, 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 which is part of the NIH, has not ever, he said that they have not ever nor, sorry, the claim was that they have not ever and does not now fund any kind of Gain of function research. Ebright said the documents make it clear that the assertions by the NIH director, Francis Collins, and the NIA ID director, Anthony Fauci, that the NIH did not support this research um, are untruthful. It says, you know, <clears throat> this is just a Newsweek article, but it sure doesn't look too good. The next post Almost nobody seems to realize that the head of bioethics, okay, the person that is in charge of, you know, making the ethical decisions for this company at NIH, the person who is supposed to make sure that Anthony Fauci behaves ethically is his wife. I didn't know that. Did you know that? If you didn't know that, leave a like on the video. If you did know that, leave a like on the video. These are the type of videos I know sometimes I meme on like, Twitch girls or something like that, but this is a pretty big deal. I didn't even know that. So you're talking about the person that's supposed to make sure he acts ethically, someone who can legally not speak against him in court. Elon continues, gain of function in this concept is just another way of saying bioweapon. Some good nuggets in the article. Important to note that Fauci authored a 2012 paper arguing for gain-of-function research. Obama wisely put this on pause, but Fauci restarted it. He had this stuff ready to go. Here's a 2012 article. I'm sorry, a 2021 article. Fauci argued the benefits of -of gain-of-function research outweighed any kind of pandemic risk in 2012 paper. Pretty interesting, isn't it? All this stuff coming out, right? All this stuff 
that 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 people ignored for years. All of the stuff that you were told you were a conspiracy theorist if you said anything about it. There was probably a time if you linked this article on Twitter, you would get shadow banned or deboosted. I mean, based on all the Twitter files, it seems pretty appropriate. In newly resurfaced paper from 2012, Dr. Anthony Fauci argued that the benefits of this type of research are worth the increased risk of a potential pandemic-causing lab accident. The Weekend Australian unearthed a paper that Fauci wrote for the American Society for Microbiology in October 2012 in which he argued in support of this thing. Such research involves making them more infectious and or deadly. Experts have raised the possibility that the COOF could have originated from a potential lab leak. Despite the risk involved, Fauci called this type of experiments important work in 2012. Quote, in an unlikely but conceivable turn of events, what if that scientist becomes infected, which leads to an outbreak that ultimately triggers terrible, maybe, maybe what we saw, right? Many ask reasonable questions. Given the possibility of such scenario, however remote should be initial should the initial experience have been performed and or published in the first place? Scientists working in the field might say, as indeed I have said, that the benefits of such experiments and the resulting knowledge outweigh the risks. It is more likely that the lockdowns would occur in nature and they need to stay ahead of such a threat is a primary reason for, for, for performing an experiment that might appear to be risky. So in this paper, in 2012, he said, meh, totes worth it, bro. Eh, benefits out there. Hey, maybe they do, actually. I'm not a doctor. But in this particular scenario, let's say hypothetically, he was again taking that very same risk that, you know, outweighed the benefits, outweighed the risk. Look what's happened to this world, the entire world for the last three years, two years. Going on three, probably will never end. I mean, I was driving down the freeway yesterday and now all these, <clears throat> all these businesses that popped up around COOF testing, now they're like, ooh, make sure you come in for your COOF slash flu slash RSV test. Live in fear. Be afraid. Be very afraid. You must give us money. By the way, did you also know that Dr. Anthony Fauci is not legally required, if I'm remembering this correctly, to disclose royalty payments that he gets? From maybe from somebody like Pfizer? They are not required to disclose money that exchanges hands. Let me get, I want to make sure this right. This is right, but I think I am right. I just want to pull this up quick. So, you know. Yeah. Here's, you know, some posts about royalties omit his statement that he don't, he says he donates his payments, but he does not make them public. That's interesting. National Review. He says he donates them. Maybe. Director of this and paid federal bureaucrat receives 23 royalty payments. Fauci's 2021 taxpayer-funded salary was $456,000. He also received 23 royalty payments, which he says he donated. Maybe he did. Francis Collins, NIH director, received 14 payments. Also a $203,000 shout out. Clifford Lane, eight royalty payments. I mean, like, isn't this, this feels like... <laughs> so there, in a system where he's not required to disclose the amounts of free money he's getting, I assume he has to disclose it on his taxes? I don't know. Like, What? He goes, despite these glaring issues, Twitter nonetheless had a literal internal Slack channel unironically called the Fauci Fan Club. And then he calls out community notes. I invite community notes to correct or amend this thread. He's like, he basically like, this is true. Mic, mic drop. 
This guy, thank you for pursuing the real Anthony Fauci. Many eyes are open up to who he really is. How he is remembered to history may very well be, be determined by you. I mean, do, I mean, yeah. It's, it's absolutely insane. And, you know, why is Elon Musk? Now there's like a dozen new articles that Elon Musk is a far right. I'm not far right. I just want the truth. Why is that a left or right thing? Isn't that just like normal people, liberals, conservatives? Don't you want the truth? What if hypothetically that guy had $20 million in royalty payments from Pfizer or whatever? Wouldn't that raise an eyebrow to you? What if, you know, he, what if this, we finally find out, in, in my opinion, obviously, I, well, maybe we'll never know, but if we do ever find out the truth, like, remember when people were getting banned for even proposing a leak as a possibility? Now it's like a general, genuine, or generally like accepted, likely possibility by many. In my opinion, this guy is a criminal and his ilk were at least possibly responsible for millions perishing. Maybe we'll never know. Next up today, Tucker Carlson destroys Taylor Lorenz in libs of TikTok interview, and Taylor has meltdown on Twitter. It's a day that ends in Y, which means uber rich, super, super privileged journalist. Taylor Lorenz is having an absolute meltdown after... Uh, the creator or the the mind behind Libs of TikTok went on to Tucker Carlson last night and uh, apparently mentioned her name. I don't know, but she's been having an absolute meltdown, and it's and it's great. Now, <clears throat> if you're not aware of who Taylor Lorenz is, she is a extremely privileged, super rich, silver spoon child that went to private high schools in Switzerland and private, you know, paid for family, super rich. And what has she done with that privilege in life? Well, she is now the internet's most hated hall monitor, generally focusing on more successful women than her and doxing them like she did with libs of TikTok or tearing them down in hit pieces like she's done with other successful women. This is her, the culmination of all this head start that she's had in life. She's not well liked. Uh, and you know, usually people really like grandmothers, but for whatever reason, this particular woman uh, <clears throat> seems to be extremely um, disliked. And it's really because of her actions. It's not even necessarily like a personality thing. I mean, it's like a legitimate reason to dislike somebody. You know, it's not because she's a woman. It's not because of her race or religion. It's just because she is an elitist, super rich tattletale who continues to get jobs, currently works at Jeff Bezos's Washington Post. And you can see this article comes out. The, the woman behind Libs of TikTok revealed her face on Fox News, leading to a video seemingly showing her at the Capitol on the worst day in American history. That does not look like her, to be honest with you. Um, but, you know, again looks to be outside. There's nothing wrong with being there, even if that was her. But the meltdown is what we're really here to see. So Tucker Carlson tweeted this out yesterday, uh, the six-minute interview. And, you know, you should watch it on Tucker's website, of course. Um, but the reaction has been hilarious. First, Tay-Tay and Libs of TikTok were both trending. Now, Tay-Tay is a... Nickname for Taylor Lorenz. Uh, she's obviously too old for this nickname, but it's one that seemingly stuck. It's probably a way to stay hip, cool, Noah's Arcade with all the kids. Lives of TikTok post breaking Taylor Lorenz, aka Tay Tay, comes out as a pho as phobic and describes her account as a hate account while complimenting me on journalism. What? So she replies and says, ha ha, two white women 
with brown hair, lol, one runs a hate account. She must be talking about hers and and says gay people shouldn't exist. I don't think uh, Libs of TikTok's ever said that. And maybe Taylor Lorenz has. The other is a journalist who's done extensive investigative reporting. Like what? Worrying about who runs a Twitter account you don't like? Whose life, whose life was changed for that? <clears throat> In fact, really, I suppose you put over Chaya, the creator of the account, but who's, who needed that reporting? Who needs to know what some random TikToker ate for breakfast? Nobody. Her reporting has not changed a single thing. And then the meltdown. <sighs> this is actually sad. Like, I know we have a bit of fun uh, at uh, Taylor Lorenz's expense, but I think that's fair. That's treating, speaking truth to power. She is the one in power. If she wanted, she could get just about anyone banned. She very, very, very deeply wants lives a TikTok banned. But now that Elon Musk owns Twitter, it becomes more and more difficult. She tweeted out today. Spending Christmas alone before getting hit with a tidal wave of threats, hate mail, and stalkers has been a great way to start off my week. 10 out of 10. Now, this is an account with hundreds of thousands of followers, barely getting a thousand likes. But what's interesting to me is, again, let me also be clear. I don't condone any of that behavior. I also don't believe any of that behavior is happening because as a journalist, why wouldn't you just post it? If somebody sent something terrible to me, I would post it publicly and I would shame them for it. And I might call the authorities. I have done that in the past. So why wouldn't a journalist do that? Oh, it's probably, I mean, maybe she's making it up. A lot of the replies say, if Ian Miles Chong is tweeting about you, you're probably doing something right. And that probably means whatever is popular at that day because he's a fraud and a grifter. But yeah, that's, you know, I hate this for you. Oh, I'm so sorry. Interesting. Spending Christmas alone, you know, I don't really wish that on anybody. But sometimes when, you know, say maybe sometimes a travel thing, right? Maybe, maybe that's it. But in this particular case, maybe it's a time for self-reflection. Maybe... There's a reason nobody wants to be around you for Christmas. I don't know. I can't know that for sure. But certainly as somebody who burns more bridges than anyone I can possibly imagine, that might be a reason why. She, write, she tweets, I have been forced to spend all day dealing with ongoing misogynistic hate campaign on Tucker and Tucker and la, uh, libs of TikTok fan attacks. You don't have to deal with tweets. You can actually just put your phone down. Like, you don't have to actually do anything. Like, I, I, I mean, you don't have to react. You could just move on with it. I get all sorts of... Ever since Elon Musk started liking tweets, I get like, I've get, I'm getting like wildly unhinged comments. I just block them and move on with my day or mute them. She goes on with the haha, two white women with brown hair. They look the same. I mean, they do look very similar. Then she goes, liberal men, conservative men, the one uniting factor is you hate them both. Yeah, we know. Is the they all have online, wait, they all have online is endlessly dissecting my appearance for retweets and likes. No, I don't think that, that critiquing someone's appearance is, is particularly valid in most cases. I'm not sure that she talks about other people's appearances. Now, if you talk about other people's appearances, I think that opens it up to a fair game. But in this particular case, uh, you know, I think she looks great for her age. I mean, I don't think, I think, you know, most people, maybe it's keeping her apartment at 90 degrees and having infrared lights over her bed when she sleeps at night. Maybe it's eating the bugs. I don't know. I'm too young. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. 
people are... <laughs> Let me start over. Liberal men, conservative men, the one uniting factor they all have online is endlessly dissecting my appearance for retweets and likes. I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm too fat. I look sickly thin. I look Jewish. I don't look Jewish. It's misogyny through and through. Um, nah. I mean, first of all, she, this person, Justin Roberts, just said they look the same. He wasn't actually making any, uh, you know, wasn't actually making any quotes or comments about her particular appearance. Like I said, I think Taylor Lorenz looks great for her age. I mean, most women, I mean, you're in your 90s. That's, that's you're, you know, you're doing all right. The meltdown's been going on all day, of course, because now one of the big one of the big things that we know about Taylor Lorenz is that she, if if there's one thing she hates, it's men. But if there's one thing she really hates, it's successful women. Chaya Rychik told Tucker Carlson that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis offered his official mansion as a place to hide out after her identity was revealed in April. She appeared on Tucker Carlson Today on December 27th, a show Fox News streaming service, Fox Nation, and showed her face for the first time. Before April, Rycheck had been totally anonymous until her identity and job as a real estate agent were reported on by Taylor Lorenz. Lorenz noted that Rycheck went on, went by her screen name, Lives of TikTok, was growing popularity in the right-wing circles for reposting clips from others, predominantly LGBTQ ones, and mocking them in the captions called fair use. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it's cool that uh, DeSantis stuck up for her. I know that um, his, uh, what's her name? Press secretary or his uh, communications director. Can't think of her name. She follows me too. So she's pretty, she's, she's, you know, pretty plugged in to the social zeitgeist. Her appearance also has made her vulnerable though, as just a few hours, she appeared to have been spotted in videos from the U.S. Capitol. From disinformation and banned from Twitter, Chad Loader documented videos and images in their newsletter, and it persuaded them that she was there. However, Loader also noted that nobody has been arrested simply for attending. There's nothing wrong with attending. Did she enter the Capitol? Doesn't seem like it. That's crazy how fast people can find. I mean, how many hours of footage did they scrub through to find this one screenshot? And then I can't even say for sure that it, I mean, doesn't, I mean, maybe, I guess they do kind of look alike. I, I don't know. But again, clearly outside. So who cares? Is it against a lot of like Trump? Some leftists think so. What an amazing day. And next up, woke fast food workers demand $22 an hour and immediately regret it. I think anyone with a brain saw this coming. It seems like a lot of people are going to learn how to make, going to have to learn how to make code uh, after essentially forcing the hand of many corporations with insanely high wage demands. Now, <clears throat> let me be very clear. I think the minimum wage is almost, in almost all cases probably too low. I'm not an economist. But I think that when I drive around and McDonald's, my local McDonald's is having to pay 20 something dollars per employee, I'm not exactly sure what to think. They have a big sign out, start flip burgers, make 22 bucks an hour. I'm like, dang, that's, that's a lot of dimp to work at McDonald's. But I knew and everyone knew there was gonna be a breaking point. There was gonna be a point where McDonald's could only charge so much per burger. Now you can make up costs with efficiency, right? Have you been to a McDonald's lately? There's like three people working at them, hardly any staff. It's all automated already to the hilt, but now automation has taken over and it's been a, a complete backfire. You know, these politicians who were running, you know, trying to run up the cost to, to flip burgers and look, McDonald's is, it can be a career for some people, but a lot of people just work there because they're just, you know, it's a job, J-O-B, maybe it's some extra money. Uh, maybe it's their first job. Uh, not every job is supposed to pay $75,000 a year. Now, maybe there's one person at McDonald's that makes that much, like the district manager or something like that. I don't know. But this is, I mean, this is what is going to happen. You know, 
And McDonald's in Texas replaced people with robots, and now minimum wage is in question. Yeah. Automation will be at every fast food restaurant eventually. Good customer service is something most people care about when visiting a restaurant. But what happens if the food is handed to you by a machine? Don't care. Is my quarter pounder with cheese, a double quarter pounder with cheese, does it have onions and pickles on it or not? Because I don't want those things. As long as my double quarter pounder with cheese has no pickles, no onions, I don't care if it gets handed to me by a dinosaur. Although that would actually be kind of cool. But you get my point. You get my I don't care if somebody gives me a big, weird, fake smile when they hand me my, my, my quarter pound, double quarter pounder with cheese. A new McDonald's location in Texas looks very different than any other Golden Arches restaurants you've ever been to. This innovative spot has been automated, has automated customer service, and human employees have been replaced with robots. TikTok user Foodie Munster posted a clip showing both sides of the outside of the eatery located in Fort Worth, Texas. Let's look. People of TikTok. Oh, I can't. Why do these people put? All right. Well, I can't play your music, but who cares? Seems fine to me. Like, I assume there's at least one person back behind the counter here. But like, I mean, there's got to be some security, right? I remember seeing this in like one of the newer seasons of X-Files where there was like, they were at like a sushi restaurant like that where it was like completely automated and then it turned on them. But like, it's interesting. Of course, the video begins with the machine delivering two meals through the drive-thru window of the restaurant. The post allows, uh, follows a display of self-service register machine. People can place their food orders next to a large counter that seems to be out of human, that seems to be out of human workers. The inside video also shows there are no tables to even eat there. From the outside, the installation looks like any other except for the fact that it has the words takeaway below the restaurant's logo. The comment section of this video, which have already gained more than a million views, is flooded with TikTok users questioning the minimum wage and the fast food chains offers their employees and the controversy surrounding it. This is the thing. Yeah, here's one thing. McDonald's workers, we want to be paid $22 an hour at McDonald's. All right, bet. Some people were calling for $21 an hour. Well, there's your answer. $15 an hour saved. Pay one employee to maintain the machines. Yep. I mean, I, you know, I, I want to be like somewhat understanding I, because I worked in food service. Like I worked in a little pizza place. All my friends worked at Burger King when I was young. And I really hardly anybody actually got paid minimum wage, but we were all paid pretty close to it. I think I got paid like $6.50 and the minimum wage was like $6.15 or something like that. Obviously, um, you know, I think you can't, very few people can make you know, a good living there. Um, but that's the trade-off. Do you want to pay $14.95? Like, just look at the price of fast food over the past couple of years, right? Certainly there are items that are more profitable than others. Like they probably make a fortune. McDonald's probably makes a fortune on their coffees and stuff like that. But like, or their iced coffee drinks and stuff like that. But like, they probably don't make that much money on chicken sandwiches as not as much as they used to. I can't remember what my item total was or what my total was the last time I went to McDonald's because I had to DoorDash it because I was definitely not hungover. So I don't remember DoorDash has always kind of skews my memory because it's makes it super expensive because you got I have live in the middle of nowhere. So I always tip extra extra because I know like they can't hit two houses very quickly. Like it's going to burn up an hour of their day. So I try to tip like 15 bucks if they're going to deliver food for me. So when I order at McDonald's, it costs me like 35 bucks, which is why I don't order it very often. But uh, it's crazy. Like this is, this is what you get. Like at some point you have this problem. And also, by the way, it's not just wage. That's a myth. People don't want to work there or people don't want to work. There's a number about the millions of able-bodied men and women out there who are choosing not to work right now. And hey, more power to you. Maybe you've got a partner who, who uh, you know, you guys live, um, you know, smartly, frugally, and you don't have to work. Or maybe you have um, investments or something like that and you don't have to work. But people in general, it's not just money, especially in fast food. Like, it's not a super desirable job. And the people that do it, God bless them. You know, but it's not like it's every, anybody's first choice. Like, it was when I was young because McDonald's had this thing. I don't know if it's like that with you, where you live, but 
like there's always like some squeaker 14 year old handing me my food from McDonald's because that that's like a lot of people's first jobs. And that's an important lesson. You learn how to manage money. You learn about what FICA is and uh, the government taking all your money and taxes and things like that. But it's, it's further than that. Look at the California. This California restaurant is addressing the labor crisis with robots. And again, the labor crisis is people actively being healthy and choosing not to go to work. From inventory management to self-serving orders, ordering and delivery integrations, the automation is a central part of modern restaurant operations. These solutions not only help address industry challenges rife with historical inefficiency and were absolutely necessary during the lockdowns to keep many restaurants afloat. The lingering labor shortage, and again, it's not that there aren't enough people to work. There are more, I saw uh, just the other day, I think Mike Rowe was talking about this. There are more open jobs now than before the lockdowns. <laughs> and like people just aren't going to work. And you, you see this here, like the lingering labor shortage gives operators more reasons to automate, not to eliminate jobs, but to strike a balance between consistent experience for customers and safe, comfortable, and fair wage atmosphere for workers. The labor shortage is compounded in places like California, where the recently passed Fast Food Accountability and Standards Recovery Act states that by December 31st of next year, the minimum wage for fast food workers could reach as high as $22 an hour. That's over 40 grand a year. Maybe, you know, sometimes you get stuck. I, I'm sure that, you know, especially in this economy, 40 grand a year ain't what it used to be. But when I was young, that was enough to have a family. You know, that was like 40 grand was like the threshold. Like you made it. When you're making 40 grand a year, you were doing all right. You were driving a nice newer used car. You had your own apartment or maybe even a small house. But the idea that you have this, you know, one count, you can't have it both ways. Like you're going to see all these fast food restaurants automate. And you're going to have even more California fast food restaurants prepare for automation closures after wage law. I'm not saying people have to work for six bucks an hour, especially when gas is four fifty a gallon or whatever. Like that's ridiculous. You're working just to drive to work. There has to be a balance, but there clearly is in, 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 like there is there for millions of Americans. And I don't know how this is else around the world, but the lockdown rectum. They didn't want to go back to work. They got used to the government paying them big fat checks for not having to go in. And now, well, maybe they figured out a way to live without it. And, you know, that's good, good on them. But also there are a lot of people who collect checks from our government every month that are completely able-bodied and choose not to go to work. Yes, there are people with literal medical reasons why they can't go to work. And I understand that. And for you, I make no judgments. But I'm talking about able-bodied people who could work. The fact that you're about to see the fast food industry collapse because of idiot lawmakers, the 22 bucks an hour to flip burgers. Are you crazy? How expensive is a hot dog going to be in and out? 750. People act like this stuff, like the, these Democrats, like you know, socialists or whatever, like these idiots, like AOC think that that doesn't roll downhill. Do you think McDonald's is going to make less money? I mean, I have your answer right here. No, they're not going to make less money. They're going to automate. And then they're going to, if they couldn't automate, they're going to pass the cost on to the customer. I think the last time I bought an extra value meal was like close to 10 bucks. That used to be that very same extra value meal in my lifetime. God, this was like $4.99 or $3.99. I lived in the era where like, I think all extra value meals were like $2.99 or $3.99. And they had supersized for like 30 cents or something like that. That same cheeseburger now is triple the price. You think suddenly every, you know, making every head in that restaurant costs an extra seven to $10 an hour. Is gonna, what do you think that's going to do? I mean, it's like, who could have foreseen this? So what does, what does this really do? Raising the minimum wage. It doesn't put more money into people's hands. It removes the jobs. Any idiot could have seen that coming. And next up today, Elon Musk blasts Google for censorship and laughs in response to Twitter employee layoffs. It uh, looks like um, some interesting new Elon Musk news calling out Google directly and also laughing hysterically when talking about laying off entitled Twitter employees. 
Elon Musk goes on big tech, goes in on big tech censorship. Google frequently makes, quote, I'm sorry, quote, Google frequently makes links disappear. Twitter CEO Elon Musk, in response to the latest release of the Twitter files, Tuesday that Twitter was far from the only big tech company that engages in online censorship. Going as far as to say Google makes links disappear in the search engine. Look, we know this. I mean, we know that on YouTube they do. That's why I'm always begging you guys for subscriptions and asking you to leave likes on the videos. I mean, it's always nice to get them, but like it's hard to compete uh, against mainstream news sources. So like we all have to compete hard and work hard to uh, entertain our audiences and then, and then get them to mobilize and support us uh, when you're in like independent uh, commentary. Musk, who made the remarks in response to a tweet from left-wing journalist Glenn Greenwald, wrote, quote, for the crime of reporting that U.S. security state agencies are heavily involved in big tech censorship regime and for confessing that he found this deeply disturbing, liberals have spent a full week saying that Matt Taibbi has mental health problems and needs therapy. Well, I mean, I don't think anyone's surprised that that's the reaction. You know, it's, they always do the opposite of what they tell everyone else to do, right? They're, they're so, so deeply loving and caring uh, that they would mock mental health, even if it were true. I don't know. I doubt it's true. Included in Greenwald's tweet was a screenshot of one <clears throat> journalist, Matt Taibbi's Twitter file threads. The government was in constant contact with Twitter, but with virtually ever, not just Twitter, but virtually every major tech firm, Taibbi said. This included Facebook, Microsoft, Verizon, Reddit, and even Pinterest, and many others. Industry players also held regular meetings without government. Musk responded, most people don't appreciate the significance of the point Matt was making. Every social media company is engaged in heavy censorship with significant involvement of, and at times, explicit direction of the government. Google frequently makes links disappear, for example. This is why, you know, there's been so many alternatives out there. Um, you know, DuckDuckGo was a popular one until their CEO let the mask slip, so to speak, and was talking about censorship over there. It's just search engines are, are getting tough, you know, to, to rely on. I mean, in fact, even YouTube, like two of the top three search engines on the planet are Google.com and YouTube.com. Then there's Amazon. <laughs> so like, unless you're selling a product, it's hard to actually get around this level of censorship. We actually need a, an alternative to DuckDuckGo, don't we? Let me know in the comment section down below what you're using. Uh, when Dems controlled both the House and Congress, and the houses, both houses of Congress and the White House and executive branch, they repeatedly summoned big tech CEOs and openly and explicitly threatened them that if they didn't censor more, you will be punished. Greenwald respond, responded, Musk agreed writing, exactly. Taibbi said that the State Department, Department of Defense, and the Central Intelligence Agency were also involved in contacting the platform about potential foreign propaganda on the platform. The email referred to a Twitter employee whose name was redacted and said that people from the employee's former employer, which a Twitter executive acknowledged meant the CIA, we're specifically inquiring about the invitation. We all know, you know, ex-FBI lawyer Jim Baker, who was also involved in a lot of controversies surrounding his involvement in different investigations, and the former President Donald Trump thought that the FBI's actions were strange. Odd that they're searching for violations of our policies, Baker said in an email. Is it odd, though? Is it? And here's a, a little bit of, you know, the left being outraged. Elon Musk laughed when asked about Twitter layoffs and said that a focus on working hard was not Twitter's prior culture before he took over. Uh, Adoy? Do people say Adoy? Do people still do that? Probably not. No kidding. Look at all that's changed in like, how long is he on Twitter? Like a month or two? I can already upload, I'm already uploading like 10 minute or full length videos to Twitter. How hard was that to roll out? For years, the edit button. It took them 20 million years to roll out that edit button. Twitter Blue is, I'm telling you, by this time next year, a big percentage of the Twitter population will have Twitter Blue because he will add more features that people actually want. Um, I think he's kind of scattershotting right now, trying to figure out what will, what will actually get more people to sign up. But at the end of the day, 
you know, if as long as he continues to pour more value into it, he will get more people to sign up for it. Elon Musk has largely depleted Twitter's workforce since buying the company in late October, laughed when he asked about the layoffs on a podcast. Musk appeared on an episode of the All In podcast released Saturday where he spoke about his roller coaster first two months at Twitter. Venture capitalist and podcast co-host isn't a venture capitalist just someone who's rich. It's not really a skill, is it? Anyway, um, the efficient frontier of employees needed to be needed to make Twitter better. Musk laughed before turning to David Sachs, who has served as an advisor and close confidant to the tech mogul since he took over Twitter. I observed part of this where you basically ask the question, who here is critical and who is exceptional, Sachs said. Musk explained his rationale behind deciding who should stay at the company. Anyone who is exceptional at what they do, where their role is critical and they have a positive effect on others, they are tr- and they are trusted, meaning they put the company's interest before their own, should stay. Pretty, pretty reasonable request, right? He noted that staff also needed to be up for working hard and that that wasn't part of Twitter's prior working culture. Well, I think we all saw that when we saw the TikTok videos and this and that of, you know, this is where we get our wine at work and we're going to have our fourth latte of the day at the, at the, at the Twitter uh, funded, you know, bar or whatever the case was. Musk said on Saturday's All In podcast that Twitter still had around 2,000 staff left, a huge drop compared to more than 7,500 full-time employees. It had the end of 2021. Isn't that crazy? The dude fired 5,500 people and nothing changed. Website hasn't gone down. In fact, new features have been added. Like literally, what were these people doing? Musk said that Twitter also had close to 5,000 contractors who he said were responsible for almost all of the site's trust and safety work. Musk also spoke more generally about his time at the helm of Twitter, saying that it had highs and lows to say the least, but the overall, the site seems to be going in a good direction. Since taking charge of the company, Musk has changed some of the site's features, introducing tweet view counts, which didn't go over well, adding blue verification ticks to the list of benefits for Twitter blue subscribers, He also reinstated some suspended accounts, such as former President Donald Trump, and announced sweeping changes to Twitter's content moderation policies, causing some companies to stop running ads on the site. Of course, they're going to come back. Like, this is just a no-brainer. Like, of course they come back. Um, If they were making money, you know, if if they're making money, they're going to run ads. That's just a fact. Of course, Twitter's been hit by multiple lawsuits from laid-off workers alleging wrongdoing. They're not going to lose any of those lawsuits, of course. One of the first things I said after the acquisition close was like, we're going to make a bunch of mistakes, but then we're going to recover from them quickly. And that's what we've done, and I think we've generally succeeded in recovering from them quickly, Musk said on the All In podcast. Musk also defended his decision to temporarily suspend the accounts of a number of journalists. Musk has implied that these journalists were suspended for doxing, with some of them reporting on Twitter's suspension of Elon Jet as an account used publicly available information to track his Jack's whereabout. No, it did not use public it used publicly available information, but then it also used not publicly av- available information to get to its conclusion. I think the journalist suspensions were not a mistake, must said. For some reason, a bunch of journalists thought that they were better than regular everyday everyone else, and that if they engage in doxing and break the rules in various ways. They're not subject to suspension, even though your average, your citizen is. And I think that's just messed up. I think he was just sending a message there. And uh, one that I 110% support. And last up today, Elon Musk just unbanned the most dangerous man on Twitter. Elon Musk just unbanned the most dangerous man on Twitter. That's right. One of the final accounts lingering other than Tommy Robinson, which needs to be unbanned, uh, was, that's right, Carpe Donctum. If you remember, Carpe Donctum was quickly going to be, you know, in the multi-million follower uh, numbers on Twitter because he was crushing it during the 2016 era with Trump, um, constantly faced uh, various strikes and attacks on his channel. Why? Because... He was good. He still is good, by the way. He's been kind of languishing away on some Twitter alternatives, but I suspect him to immediately 
return to his form. If you don't remember, you know, essentially <clears throat> a it was it was like a, a death sentence if Donald Trump ever retweeted you. Happened to Sav, I'm pretty sure, Savannah Hernandez. Um, happened to Carpe Donctum. Anybody who ever got retweeted by the guy was like immediately banned off Twitter. He received multiple copyright violations, even though whatever lawsuit he had, <clears throat> he won. You see, Twitter has, at the time, has permanently suspended pro-Donald Trump meme account Carpe Donctum for repeated violations of its copyright policy. You mean fair use? They didn't like it because it was good and receiving millions of impressions. Carpe Donctum, a self-described meme smith, account which has over 270,000 followers before the suspension, had become popular on the right for posting doctored, doctored, oh yeah, he's definitely trying to fool you. You definitely can't tell it's a meme. Our videos that were signal boosted by prominent conservative pundits and Republican politicians, including the president. And that's why he was banned. In a statement, a Twitter spokesperson said the account was permanently suspended for repeated violations of this policy. Last Thursday, and here's why he got banned, Trump tweeted Carpe Donctum's uh, toddler's video, an edited version of a viral video where two toddler, toddlers, one black, one white, running towards each other are hugging before running away. The edited video played like elements of video sequence, added ominous music, overlaid a fake CNN logo, su suggesting that it was racist. Um, it was a joke. Obvious, by the way, fair use. Everybody knew it was fair use. Everybody knew the suspension was absolute baloney sausage. It was. It was just, oh my God, this person's literally fueling the presidential campaign. Like his memes were so effective and, uh, and by the way, influenced many editors and, and, follow, and, and um, uh, up and coming video editors. Obviously it was an inspiration for, you know, how I usually do video intros. I'm a little light on them this time of year. I'm letting my editors work on some bigger projects, but you know, the guy changed the game. Now, he wasn't, I'm sure, the first, and I'm sure he had his inspiration too, but the Carpe Donkton suspension is the flashpoint in a simmering row between the White House and allies at Twitter. Isn't it funny how this is coming back around? Last month, Twitter labeled a pair of Trump tweets regarding the election as fraud, which led to furious reaction from the White House and accusations of bias and censorship, which we now know to be true. It's kind of fun going back to these articles from like 2016, 2017, where they were calling everyone crazy and calling everyone conspiracy theorists, calling everybody, you know, uh, enemies of democracy, all this stuff for stuff, we, again, we now know are completely true. Last month, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey reaffirmed the company's commitment to fact-checking information related to elections, even from accounts of verified politicians. You know, and again, I don't have a problem with that as long as it's applied evenly, right? Remember all the Democrats that were like, man, the, this election was taken from us, blah, 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 during 2016? None of them got suspended. People on the right did it. They were permanently suspended and always given, like, baloney reasons. Like, uh, you know, oh, copyright. It wasn't a copyright thing. And even, like, the owner of that video tried suing him. As far as I know, they lost. And... Now we have the return, the return of Carpe Donctum. And, you know, it's an exciting time, to be honest with you, because Twitter is actually fun again. If we go, you can see his followers are still returning, but he's got 197,000 now. I forget what he had, 240,000 or something at the time of the ban. So I thought public service announcement, let everyone know that Carpe Donctum is back. He's definitely worth a follow. Um, <clears throat> he's posting out, obviously posting some memes. What's great is his old account looks to be, you know, fully restored. So you can really enjoy a lot of the old memes. Manipulate, like the, he posted memes. Oh, I remember this. Like he posted memes and media said it was manipulated. As you can see, he used to get, he was 700,000 views on that meme. Con, you know, fraudulent DMCA takedowns. I've contacted my lawyer. All the memes he was making, as far as I'm concerned, you know, everyone that I saw personally was clearly fair use. Clearly. And obviously Trump really liked his stuff. You know, he re retweeted James O'Keefe. 
videos that were getting millions and millions of views. Lots of his memes, I guess, you know, Carpe Dunk to Reddit. Reddit is dead to me. It has been for a full year. Couldn't share his videos on Reddit. Trying to find one of the, you know, most of his memes got taken down. Or, uh, you know, falsely flagged. Flagged. Hopefully he, you know, comes back. I followed him. I hope a bunch of new people follow him. Uh, because, oh God, Ted Lou, Remember this guy? I'm just going to go relive some of his memes later today. But yeah, one of the best, one of the best guys in the game. Hopefully he just tweeted a few minutes ago, confirming that he's back. I'll say this. It said, after two years of being suspended, I'm having a hard time finding the words <clears throat> to express the thoughts and emotions I'm feeling. This must be what John Fetterman feels like all the time. Also five minutes ago, glad you're back, but sad you chose to insult a brain injury survivor with your first tweet. Yes, I did. And if a severely brain damaged man wasn't elected to the United States Senate, I would have made different choices. I acknowledge that your pearls have been clutched. It's going to be a good time. Like it, it's going to like, you know, like all the, all the best people are coming back to Twitter. You know, I mean, all we need now is like Trump to tweet out something and it would be pandemonium on Twitter, which would be just like New Year's Eve. Come on, Trump. Give me a, like a New Year's tweet. Hopefully. Let's see. Let's see here. Oh, I just tweeted out a meme here. So, I mean, oh, Trumpy bear. Look at that. I actually think I still have one of those. I think I bought a Trumpy bear on a live stream randomly. If you have an account, by the way, that, you know, uh, hasn't been restored, maybe, maybe what I should do is like compile a list or something like that and submit it. Uh, try to get some eyes on it. Elon occasionally looks at my Twitter feed. Um, you know, obviously Tommy Robinson is someone that needs to be restored, but there's also like, I'm sure thousands of everyday people that were unceremoniously banned that need to come back too. So welcome back. Carpe donctum. It's going to be a fun time on Twitter this election season. I can tell you that. Hope you enjoyed this video. We'll talk to you again real soon. Thank you.